This is the In Focus podcast from the Hindu. Hello and welcome to the Hindu's In Focus podcast. India's external debt coming up for closure in the coming months has caused consternation in some quarters. And with the global environment being what it is, the multiple challenges of monetary conditions, tightening worldwide investment outflows from India and consequent rupee depreciation are exacerbating the external debt situation for our country. Is India truly teetering on the edge or does it have the strength to withstand these challenges? To help us with some context and perspectives we have with us today, Ms. Tanvi Gupta Jain, UBS India economist. So Ms. Jain, thank you for joining us today to help us with perspectives on India's external debt situation. Really appreciate you being with us. Thank you, Bharat. Thank you for taking time to host me. So your recent report uh, titled Economic Perspectives from UBS suggests that India is stretched but not stressed on the external debt front. Uh, before we dive really deep into the details, could you please throw some light on this that will give a perspective as we get into the conversation? Absolutely. So right now, I think if I look at what's happening in India versus what is happening in our Asian peers, it seems to be a lot of focus that India could be facing a debt spiral was, uh, you know, compared to our emerging countries. So we try to take a deep dive analysis where India's external stability risks are at the moment. And our analysis is showing that definitely India's external vulnerability is stretched, but it is not as stressed. So I think it's not right to make a parallel which is being drawn between India and its neighboring countries, which could be grappling with major debt crisis. India's position seems much better, both in terms of composition of external debt and the ability to service it. Got it. Your report also suggests that, you know, as a percentage of GDP, if we look at it as a portion, I think, if I'm not mistaken, it touches at 16% and it seems far lower than peers. But if I look at the absolute value and some numbers are being bandied about in the media, is about $267 billion of um, India's $621 billion in foreign currency are coming up for repayments soon. So even if, you know, you don't want to comment exactly on the numbers, if is such a large outgo expected in the coming year, is it normal? I mean, does it happen every year or is there a certain thumb rule that we need to follow saying this is okay, this is not okay? So if you look at India's external debt, you're rightly pointing out the size of external debt in absolute amount is $621 billion, which is around 19.5% of India's GDP. Now, if I look at what is a short-term debt, which is we normally label it as a residual maturity debt for the next one year, that is roughly around $261 billion. Now, the key question, which I think a lot of chat in the market, whether or not India is self-sufficient in paying so much of debt, which is due for repayment in the next 12 months. Now, if I compare this situation, say, to the pre-taper tantrum period of FI13, when India actually was amongst the fragile five currencies in the world, and we did see a significant depreciation in INR, at that point, your short-term debt, residual maturity as a percentage of your FX reserves was 59%. Today, looking at our FX reserves, which have actually come down from 640 billion to 580 billion, it is still, the ratio is still pretty low at 46%. So I would say uh, there are other ways to look at uh, FX reserves adequacy. Our view is that in the last five years, if India's external debt has gone up by $90 billion in absolute amount, your FX reserves have grown by $156 billion in absolute amount. So one, India is pretty comfortable to withstand global volatility, much better than even the 2013 taper tantrum. 
FX reserves are covering 95% of external debt up from 70% in FI13. And the import cover for reserves is 10 and a half months, much better than seven months in FI13. Uh, so the short-term resident maturity debt would be largely rolled over. So we don't see much of a concern uh, regarding India's external vulnerability on account of that. Okay. So you touched upon the taper tantrum of 2013 and our forex reserves. I do have questions later in this conversation. But if I have to look at another data point now before going on to those questions, is you predict that the current account deficit likely widen in the first half to 3.54% of GDP. But even given the RBI's comfort level earlier from past mentions in public talks by RBI officials, they seem to have hinted at 27 to 3% is healthy. So 4% is obviously not healthy or, you know, given our situation, you'd say, you know, we can live with it. So long as, like you have predicted, that over the subsequent six months, the H2, we will probably have a, a declining uh, CAD. So is this something that you can live with or do you think there's some action required on part of the government? Sure. So if I touch upon this topic, I would say that India's balance of payment challenges are going to persist this year. And in fact, if the global financial conditions continue to tighten, there could be a funding challenge because our current account deficit is widening and capital inflows are slowing. So just to touch upon a little uh, deeper into the current account deficit, if I look at the June quarter trade deficit, the three-month trailing trade deficit deteriorated to almost 8% of GDP, I think the worst we would have seen since 2014. And if I look at breakup, bulk of the worsening in trade deficit is led by global commodity price shock, whether it is oil, coal, or gold imports. My view is that we are expecting this trade deficit to remain under pressure, at least in the first half of this financial year, because exports are likely to slow down uh, because of the moderating global growth, but imports are mostly sticky. So they, so what will happen in the near term that your current account deficit will actually remain higher and elevated at three and a half to four percent of GDP in the first half before moderating in the second half. That too on the assumption that the global commodity prices actually ease further from the current levels. So the way to look at current account deficit is if I compare it with the last year number, we were at one point two percent of GDP. This year, my full-year average is coming at 2.9% of GDP. And my pre-taper tantrum, which everyone seems to be compared as the focal point of FI13, we were at 4.8% of GDP. So definitely CAD is almost more than doubling this year. But I would say the threshold current account deficit or what we call a sustainable level of current account deficit for a country like India at this level is somewhere around 1.72% of GDP. So yes, current account deficit is widening above the threshold level. And there is no doubt on that. And that is why we are saying in the near term, the funding challenges could be much more concerning than what you could have expected in the second half of this year. Okay, so it's interesting. Again, we, we you touched upon 2013 as a comparison. I know that too was unprecedented, like 2008 financial crisis was something nobody expected or had seen before. And then, you know, the run up to the 2013 taper tantrums uh, took us by surprise again. You know, is it even fair to compare to 2022 to 2013? Because this, again, seems to what we've been through in the last two years seems to be once in a century kind of experience where we just trying to come out of the pandemic-induced shocks and then you have the war and then because of the pandemic, there was liquidity in the Western world as much as in emerging markets as well. And then inflation hit 40-year highs in the US and they're trying to you know get liquidity out of the system. So too many moving paths here. Uh, so you think, can we take comfort 
in the fact that we've compared ourselves to 2013 where india was and we are in a better situation in terms of percentages or um, you know because we do not ha- have other data to compare ourselves with that's the best that we have i'd like your uh, you know qualitative view on this please sure so if i see globally what is happening right now we are seeing a growth worsening growth liquidity mix we are seeing a deteriorating trade balance we are seeing a slowing global growth amid a way you know a tightened global monetary landscape and more interestingly we are seeing a broad dollar strength i mean the dxy index is up 11.3% calendar year till date which is a material headwind for asian currencies and ina is no exception Now, if I compare it with what happened in two thousand thirteen, at that point, one, our macro fundamentals or the underlying macro fundamentals were not as strong. I mean, that time, Ina was underperforming its peers. This time, Ina is in the middle of the pack. We are no longer underperforming our regional peers because our underlying macro fundamentals are very, very strong this time around. The only reason that uh, you know we seem to be comparing. with fi13 or the pre pandemic period just to gauge whether the domestic and global conditions whether on the macro front or on the financing conditions are better or worse off than the worst of the 2013 because that was a time when indian rupee depreciated by 28% against the dollar in four months post a taper tantrum was announced in the us so yes in terms of global monetary landscape there are differences and even in terms of our domestic economic fundamentals i think india stands much stronger today than where we were uh, in the pre taper tantrum period so i think the reason for comparison is to see whether how much worse can it get from here and whether we are nearing the worst or we are much better off than the lowest point which we saw back in fi13 okay and the other point is about forex reserves even you know if we are lower now compared to september 2021 at around 580 billion dollars currently but you know we read a i think a reuters report that quoted um, an anonymous official saying that you know rbi is probably ready to spend another 100 billion more uh, if necessary to defend the rupee we don't know if that will happen of course if that happens obviously the whole view changes right i mean or w- would you still feel comfortable less percentages go okay So if you look at what has RBI done so far, we have seen FX reserves going down from the peak of six forty billion dollars to five eighty billion dollars, and our rough estimate regarding how much FX you know RBI would have intervened in the FX market and short orderly movement in Ina, both spot and forward market cumulatively is coming somewhere around US dollar forty billion. The rest of the change would be on account of valuation adjustment because the dollar is strengthening and our reserves are invested in dollar. So if the dollar strengthens, we there is a valuation loss which we would be seeing on our reserves. So now the function is how much FX reserves can go down from the current levels. Now even the number has come down from six forty two at the peak to five eighty billion right now. We are still amongst the fifth largest FX reserves in the world. and if i do a stress test uh, you know if i have if in the worst of the times in f uh, post a taper tantrum the fx reserves to import cover had gone down to 7 months versus 10 and a half months right now and if i do some back stress calculation i think india should be okay with taking fx reserves even down to somewhere around 400 to 450 billion if the need be it's not that they have to go there but if the need be so my year end target for fx reserves at this point is 550 billion dollars for fi23 and that i think at this point we are very comfortable got it you also indicate in the report that india curbing gold imports with duties for instance you know and it has taken some other steps on other fronts as well non gold as well but that may not be adequate to curb the ad widening 
And hence, you predicted this is how it would widen in the first half of the financial year and then second half. But is there anything else that you think the government could be doing? Any recommendations you would give it at this point? So I think government and the RBI are taking the right steps. They are intervening. They are announcing supply side measures, whether they ha- you have to rein in current account deficit or boost capital inflows. So I would say, for example, when they announced curbing a curbing of gold imports by increasing customs duty, or maybe introduce an export tax on petroleum products, which now they have kind of you know negated somewhat. Obviously, these are not enough to help control the deficit, but what they help actually to give a signal that there is. the policymakers are watching very closely and are willing to intervene wherever necessary so i think it's more important from a sentiment perspective more than an actual impact in terms of reducing the trade deficit for example a very recent uh, rbi step for international trade settlement in aina i think that's a very uh, good reform it might take time to bear fruit but i think in the near term the possibility of settling oil imports from russia in aina could help actually save our precious fx reserves and reduce the usd outflows there could be more steps being announced depending upon how dollar is behaving and how wide the trade deficit is going to sustain over the next couple of months so i think a swap arrangement could be one such step but we are expecting rbi even to continue intervening in fx markets port forward to ensure the orderly movement in aina so as a country you know because of you know too many of these moving parts not being too much in our favor we seem to have been caught in a vicious circle maybe like much of the rest of the world so our external commercial borrowings we have to pay back in dollars but we'll spend more in rupees to convert to dollar for repayment right than when we receive these loans and as more of this happens as more pressure on the indian currency so that will you know drive down the rupee further likely and you estimated that it could go down a bit more so you know when a country is faced with such a situation is there no way to get out of the cycle till the overall environment for the currency becomes better because of course people say you need to you know export more create more jobs manufacturing and so on but that's truly a medium to long term but in the immediate instance are there any recommendations that you would have that would look at easing the pain for the country further capital outflows argument uh, because of higher repayment expenses by the corporates i think is a part of one side of the coin if you look at the other side i would say inr weakening could actually bode well for india's exports because if i look at inr on a real effective exchange rate basis it was slightly in the overvalued zone and now if i adjust for the productivity differential and take into account the 7.5% weakness in aina i think it is now trading very close to the fair value at the same time what is very interesting this time is that any aina depreciation risk needs to be balanced with the inflation objective because when for the central bank your inflation remains a priority over growth over financial stability so i would say if global commodity prices have corrected and which could bode well for india's inflationary pressures that impact impact could get negated because of a weakness in aina so that fine tuning of the balance is very very important at this point in time for to ensure financial stability and to ensure that the underlying macro fundamentals continue to remain supported on the other hand if i 
purely look what we are expecting on the capital flows argument i would say there is a good likelihood of the capital flows to actually slow down this year we have already seen that the fii's have sold almost close to 29 billion dollars in calendar year 2022 till date which is in our view is the highest intensity of selling since the global financial crisis and at this point in our base case we think that there is a likelihood of these equity outflow pressure to persist amid rich valuations compared with em and the local bonds we are also estimating fdi inflows to india to decline by around 10% in fi23 on global risk aversion and slowdown in big ticket mergers and acquisitions this year however the remittances remain supportive because of so far we have seen commodity prices especially oil continue to remain much higher than the last till levels so net net i would say the number one priority more than the capital outflows is to balance rupee depreciation risk with its impact on india's inflationary pressures thank you so much on this topic is there any thing that you'd like to have commented upon i've exhausted my list of questions but would be happy to listen to you if you have anything else okay i think right now besides the weakness in inr the most important question continues to be on inflation uh so just to connect the dots uh we have seen that the government has been announcing various supply side measures to help control the rising prices you know the global commodity prices recently have moderated because pricing in the increased recession risk in us and eurozone for example our global team view is that the recession probabilities for the us has now gone up to 96% you know in june versus 89% in may and only 11% in april and even our soft data model for eurozone is hinting at at a 30% probability of a recession based again based on a soft data model so i would say at this point india being a net global commodity importer stands to benefit from the recent correction in global commodity prices and this could actually help limit the upside of our fi23 full year cpi inflation forecast of 7% so while i be might go ahead with the repo rate hike in the august policy our base case is for another 25 to 35 basis point rate hike but i guess a changing global macro landscape actually opens up a lot of possibilities of rbi to look at the policy normalization path as we progress towards a year end excellent thank you as always it's been insightful listening to you mr jain really appreciate your being with us today to help clarify the cobwebs in our minds thank you so much thank you so much bharat nice speaking to you as well in focus will be back soon with analysis of the biggest news issues in the meantime you can find our podcast on spotify apple podcasts stitcher and other platforms just search for in focus by the hindu we'll see you soon